Good morning. My name is Kim Strobaugh, and today's reading comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measures of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Pastor Sharon here. It's good to be together with you again on a Sunday as we look in God's word and journey together in what it means to be we, the church. This is our final Sunday in this sermon series we've had in the first three book of Ephesians. And what we've looked at together is what we as the church are. We've discovered we have a spiritual heritage that God has uh, provided for us abundant resources. And one of those resources is the grace he gives us to live into the work he's created for us to do. And then last Sunday, Pastor Jedediah reminded us of our true identity as a people of God. We are God's dwelling. We are his building, and he is dwelling in us and with us. And today, as we wind this up, this short series, we want to look at we, the church, the dwelling place of God, are filled up by God himself. You know, in this first, in these first weeks and looking at the chapters in Ephesians, we've seen this rich theology of what it means to be the church, what salvation is, what it means to be in Christ. And I just want to remind all of us that theology is not some dry academic exercise where we put treatises down on paper and study them. Theology, or theo, which is God, and ology, the study of, is an opportunity to gaze on the beauty and grandeur of who God is and how God has revealed himself to us. So when we think about theology, we're not talking just about God, but we're talking with God, we're addressing it to God. And so theology becomes that grounding in who we are. When we know these things about who we are, we, the church, it impacts the way we live. We gaze on God's heart for the church, and it moves us to prayer, to praise, and to action. And that's what we see in this prayer that was read for you today out of Ephesians chapter 3. It's really quite an audacious prayer that the people in that Ephesus church, that the people of Pine Lake Covenant might be filled to the fullness of the measure of God, the measure of the fullness of God. That's what the prayer is for. A prayer for filling up. And it's a prayer for us today as well. You know, we can't really talk about being filled without 
considering and thinking about what it means to be empty. Because we often run on empty. And maybe you're feeling empty today too, as well. In this time when things are so uncertain in the world around us, you might feel completely spent. You might feel empty of hope, empty of initiative. You know, I think of the empty things. We have empty spots on our calendar and empty social emptiness in our social lives. And many for many, a deep emptiness in our hearts. And this can be true for the church as well, especially when we, we miss the energy of being together and seeing each other, that we can run on empty, that we can be a community that goes through the motions or maybe doesn't even do that anymore. We, we don't have a passion for the things of God. We wonder what's next because we're running on empty. I have to to confess today that I've been running a bit on empty this week. Oh, I've I've kept up with the to-dos and the appointments and even my regular rhythms with God, but my own heart has been a bit empty, and I've had more questions than answers. And while I've longed for this passionate heart for the things of God and for His church, I confess that my mind and heart are often more filled with doubt and worry rather than power and love. If that describes the way you feel, don't despair. I say this to myself as well, because recognizing our times of emptiness is the first step in the journey of being filled up again. And this is what God offers us in this prayer. I wonder if we had a gauge on our hearts like we do on our cars. You know, the one that tells you either with a a little uh, line gauge or just the, the note that says 20 miles left before you run out of fuel. And so we know when that happens that it's almost time to think about heading to the gas station and filling up that car so that it can do what it's intended to do. It can function as it was created to function full of fuel. So what might a fuel reminder look like for us as individuals or for us as a church? If we are called, invited into being filled with the fullness of God, we need to recognize when our tank is running empty. God offers fullness to us. And this prayer gives us some clues of what that looks like. Let me suggest two specific things in this prayer, this beautiful, heartfelt prayer of Paul for the church. These two gifts that God wants to provide for us. He wants to fill us with his power and fill us with his love. Filled with power, first of all. Verse 16 says it this way, may you be strengthened with power out of God's glorious riches, out of the reservoir of all that God has, may you be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being. That's the prayer, that we be filled up with power through the Spirit. That's quite a picture, and that's quite a power. It's not a power of our own resources. No, this is Holy Spirit-produced power. Throughout the Bible, those terms, power and spirit, are often connected. So 
so some theologians say we, it, they're almost virtually um, synonymous. We can have power, and it's from the Spirit, and the Spirit produces power. And the way this happens is through the Christ, through Jesus Christ who dwells in us. Not power of human effort or human achievement. In fact, through the ages when the church has sought to wield its own power and influence, it's come up dangerously empty. Snod, excuse me, Klein Snodgrass, one of the theologians of the covenant in the covenant church, says it this way. Church history is marred by too many times and places where the church thought it was exalted. Whenever the church felt it, it had power, it was most in danger. So we're not looking to fill ourselves with our own power, but to recognize that the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us. That's an inner work and it's an ongoing work. This is this, this prayer, that the Spirit would keep allowing Christ to permeate every part of our being so that we would know the power available to us. And I think of this power in two different ways, power both to stir us up and power to calm us down. I believe the Holy Spirit functions in this way in our inner being in both of those ways. First, to stir us up, that we would respond to the sin in our own lives and the brokenness in the culture around us. And we would be convicted, convicted not to just repent, but convicted to stand firm and move forward. Not a power to dominate, but a power, a spirit-infused power to help us stand strong, stand firm for truth and justice. I think of the things that are happening around us in our culture now, even this past week, where injustice again is seen on the television screens, on our tablets. We, as the people of God, we can be in, infused with Holy Spirit power to recognize injustice and to speak and stand firm. It's the power of the Spirit stirs us up. But I believe the power of the Spirit also calms us down. Because it reminds us, even as this prayer does, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. If Christ dwells in your heart, he is always present. And the power of the Spirit in your inner being reminds you, you are not alone. You are not abandoned. God is with you. And that calms us down and steadies us for whatever the future holds. As Christ makes his home in your heart, the Spirit calms us down and gives us assurance for the future. So this prayer is that we would be filled with power, but also that we would be filled with love. It says it this way, that we would be rooted and established in love as we have been. This is the other wonderful aspect of the glorious riches of God available to us, his church. It's not a new thought for us. We all know that our whole life in Christ is based on his love expressed in his death and resurrection. But it's a prayer. It's a prayer that we'd be saturated with this love, that we would be able to grasp it and know it. 
Paul uses this mix of botanical and architectural terms to describe the love that is ours in Christ. We're rooted in it. Our roots go down deep into it. We're established. We're grounded in it. And it removes all doubt that the basis of our life as Christians, the basis of we, the church, is the love of God. It's the wellspring from which our life as believers moves forward, the foundation in which we find stability. Do you know how greatly you are loved? Do you really know it and grasp it? Oh, we might have it in our minds. We might be able to say it out loud or sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know. But do we really grasp it? That's what this prayer is today, that we would grasp again the love of God, that we would know it in a way that would change our very being. And as Paul contemplates this love in this prayer, it's like he can hardly find the right words to describe it. So we see these spatial terms being used, how wide, how long, how high, how deep, is God's love. Measurements meant to stir our imagination. If you're in the building trade or or even just a student of mathematics, imagine using every tool of your trade to quantify something that cannot be measured. You would still come up short. And that's what Paul is talking about. This is the incredible scope of God's love for us, his people, for his love for the world his heart for the church. And then in another oxymoron that kind of fills us up with the mystery of this love, Paul says it this way, that you would be, that you would know the love that surpasses knowledge, that we would know something that is beyond knowing. But this is the mystery of the love of God that it is available for us to know, and yet we will never get to the end of knowing its scope for us as people, for us as a church. Do we know, do we, Pine Lake Covenant Church, know how deeply we are loved? I like to imagine sometimes, to make it more tangible to me, imagine that your whole being is a container, an empty container, And God opens us up and he pours out his love and it flows into every crevice, every crevice of doubt and anxiety. It spills over our insecurity, even our pride. It washes away the ugliness and crud of our sin and our selfishness. And it just keeps on pouring, pouring into us over and over again, filling us up. This is the prayer in this wonderful, these words from Ephesians 3, that we would grasp and know the depth, the scope of God's love for us, immeasurable, yes, but that we in our deepest being would receive and know this love. That's what brings us to fullness. I think back to my example at the beginning of of our car being filled up with gas. We have have a newer car, and and recently we discovered that when you fill it up and the gas pump shuts off because it says it's full, 
you look inside the ca- in the gauge on the car and it's it's not up to full. Something is wrong in the um, fuel tank that the sensor somehow that doesn't show that it's completely full. And so even when it clicks off, we can put in two or three more gallons of gas to get it to fullness. I wonder sometimes if the church and we as individuals are, are kind of okay with a half-filled tank, that we grab a little power here and we understand a little bit of God's love for us and we're satisfied with that. With that. But God says, I want you, my prayer is that you be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And so why do we settle for just a small part of the Spirit's power or hold on to just a cupful of God's love when the whole scope, the ocean, the fullness of God is ours in Jesus Christ? When we use this term, the full measure of the fullness of God, it doesn't mean we become God. It it really is referring to what Paul in other places in Colossians and elsewhere says, is that the fullness of God dwells in Christ. And because Christ is dwelling in our hearts through faith, the fullness of God himself, the power and love available to us can be ours. As we come to the end of this series, We the Church, that is my prayer for us that we would grasp all that God has for us, that we would be so filled with his power through the Spirit, so filled with and aware of the love he has for us, that it would give us courage to face whatever comes in the days ahead, that we as individuals would know this, and that we as a church would live fully into the fullness provided for us in Christ. You know, as I was preparing for the sermon this week, I kept having two pictures. One was of a building that was empty. And could the church become full again? What would it look like? And then I took this this call to prayer to heart. And I sat and I began to pray and your faces, your names came to mind. And I begin to pray that the fullness of God would be yours in this season. In verse 15, it says, as this prayer begins, that every family in heaven and on earth gets its name from God our Father. And so every family, every individual's face and name came before me. And I began to pray to speak your names out loud, your children's names. Lord, may Dwayne and Maxine be filled with your power. God, would you fill up Matt and Agnes, their daughters, Bethany and and Renna? Would you let them know how deeply they are loved? God, would you meet Doreen in this day with your goodness and with your love? And on and on, the names, the faces, your names, your faces came into my prayers. This is what God wants for each one of us, for myself as well to pray together that our own hearts, our own families, our own church would be full of the fullness of God, the power of his love, the beauty and greatness of his power in through the spirit would be ours and that it would fill us up in every way.
we the church, we the church, the dwelling place of God, can be filled to the very fullness of God to do and be whatever he calls for us to be. I invite you to pray with me. Let's pray. Oh, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, fill us up with your very being. Make your home in our inner hearts so that we might know the power and love available to us, that we might grasp how deeply we are loved, that we might live in the power of your Spirit. May this fuel our passion inform our movement both today and into the future. We pray it in the confidence of Jesus, our victor, our Lord, and our friend. Amen.